everyone. Welcome to the uh, Dynasty Dynamite podcast. I'm your host, Garv Khanna, and I'm joined by our two co-hosts, Sean Sabre and Jake Williams. And today's topic is going to be how to implement the zero running back strategy in a dynasty startup. And overall, the goal of this podcast is to just teach people how to get better at gaining value because in Dynasty, one of the ways to win is just by continuously gaining value and building a team that can actually become a Dynasty, like in the NFL, the Patriots version, like everyone wants to be uh, the top team for a decade or even longer than that. So one way to do that is to just continuously gain value in the long term. And most of these concepts that we will be talking about throughout the podcast can be applied to essentially any format. But again, we'll be targeting more of the dynasty front, especially super flex and tight end premium leagues. And so how are you guys doing, Sean and Jake? Doing good, doing good. Good man, happy to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to talk some zero RB today. Yeah. Darn those running backs, taking too much value in the trades. Okay, so uh, what do you guys want to start off by explaining the zero running back strategy for those that don't know about it? Okay, so uh, the zero running back strategy is very simply just in your draft, you don't draft running backs early. Uh, this is generally focusing on things like uh, wide receivers, primarily. Uh, so getting a guy like Tyreek Hill or A.J. Brown or Justin Jefferson and loading up on guys like that. Uh, but you can also uh, do quarterbacks or tight ends, uh, getting Kelsey, Mahomes, uh, Kittle, uh, Josh Allen, guys like that are also very popular. And you can mix it up in various different ways. Uh, and there are ways to do it to, um, I don't know the word, uh, you know, uh, hit multiple angles from it. Uh, you don't need to lock yourself into just getting uh, all of one uh, position or even just forcing yourself into taking uh, all of every position, you just kind of take the best player available because everybody's going to be scrambling uh, to take the, uh, the highest running back, regardless of whether or not it's a value. So you're just going to be getting a, a really high value player um, for cheaper, generally speaking. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah, that was well said just to piggyback off that because I mean, the, the kind of values I'm doing multiple startups right now don't don't tell anyone else I said that but uh, oh wait um that no it's it's been uh revealing to me that the people who are willing to commit to the running backs that have been good for a few years now and we generally think of as the top five I mean they got to pass up some really good value to get them because Sometimes they fall to the second round or so, and I'm, but I'm still calling a wide receiver a value there because we're talking about like DK Metcalf. We're talking about the guy we think is wide receiver one. And that goes all the way to, you know, to the 
fifth round, the sixth round, there are like, like I got Chris Godwin and Steph Diggs in the fifth round of a draft that I just did. Those are guys we like, they could end in the top five wide receiver, both of them. And people are passing on them for, I, I don't know, mixing. And to me, it's, I don't know. We've seen how, how much that, how quickly that falls off a cliff and how holding one of those running backs could really sweep a season out from under you. And to me, you know, it's always season to season, but right now I'm learning a lot about how this particular season seems to be a lot of value at wide receiver. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you go. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So uh, I just wanted to add that for me, my favorite time to implement the zero running back strategy is when uh, there's just value falling. So like if I'm like the seventh or eighth pick and a guy like uh, Josh Allen or Deshaun Watson slips to me in a super flex league, then I can build off with a really good quarterback. That'll be uh the core of my, like one of the main pieces of my team for the long run. So uh, in like super flex leagues, it's a lot better, not a lot better, but it depends on uh, the value that's there. So like, for example, if there's like a top, a top quarterback or a top tight end late in the first round or early second round, you might want to go with them instead of going with a running back who doesn't have as much job security and may not be in the league in like four or five years because running back is just so liquid and so many people just keep uh, coming up and become like the next good running back. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, look, and Sean, you were kind of hitting on it too, is stay water. We're, this isn't a be all end all, but like there is an opportunity like like you were saying at the beginning garb is to build long term and yeah when you you could take less risk and avoid holding on to somebody who looks really good because they're going to get 15 to 20 touches in a game we think I, I don't know there's just like a lot of there's a lot of like iffy situations with running backs isn't there there's so many right now in the league oh yeah there's definitely a lot because there's only like uh let's say 10 to 15 like true workhorse running backs and those are all going to be gone by like the end of the second round so by the third round you're figuring that you're taking a shot on a guy with a lot of question marks as opposed to like again you could probably get aj brown or justin jefferson or even uh dk metcalf guys who are going to get uh 10 or so targets a game and even if they don't get those 10 or so targets, they can still be highly, highly efficient with them and have like monstrous games just at will. So I'd rather go with the sure thing than just uh, take a maybe at a running back at that high, you know? Definitely. And I would also add too that when we're talking about this, me personally, I'm always talking about like an alpha at their position. So I want someone who could finish pretty much in the top five. That is realistic in one season, they could finish in the top five. If not, then I guess, you know, you might go for somebody who could have the workhorse role as a running back, but there's so many, so many quarterbacks and wide receivers that 
well, not quarterbacks. They're, those are a little iffy, this, the jobs a, after the top, I don't know, eight or so. But, uh, yeah, there's just there's just a lot of opportunity if you fade running back. And, I don't. I mean, I don't know if it's a be-all, end-all, but right now it, it's working for me. I have some nice teams because of it. Yeah, so to piggyback off that, like uh, Jake and Sean were saying, like the quarterback position is uh, not that deep this year because, like, there's about like eight to 12 elite quarterbacks. And then after that, there's just a lot of iffy situations. So uh, you might want to start off your draft with like two of the elite quarterbacks and then maybe like a tight end and a wide receiver while everyone else is chasing the running backs so that you can maximize the value on your team because you're uh, just adding value based on the positional advantage that you get over there in comparison to the running back. Because if you were to get like the running back five or something, odds are that in your league, the quarterback one is going to score significantly more. And if you have two of the top uh, quarterbacks, then you're going to have a positional advantage every week at the quarterback position also. Oh yeah. That's my, my favorite model of constructing a dynasty team is have Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. <laughs> I, I, that might be a bit of a given, but, but yeah, just, just to that, to that effect, give me, give me sure position at quarterback in both slots and, and I'll be happy with whatever else I can get. I, I'm curious. I, I kind of want to do like a like a quick exercise, like uh, like who, because I have seen some of these these receivers. Like uh, I'll get let's do Steph Diggs. Like, would you guys take Steph Diggs right now in Dynasty over Nick Chubb? Ooh, I'd probably still take Nick Chubb. Yeah, it's it's close though, right? Yeah, it's very close. Those guys are going three rounds apart in some dynasty startups right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is crazy. I mean, so I I don't really know what to take from that, but like that, there's players a- should be a lot closer uh, drafted than where they currently are, and so there's a value gap to exploit uh, in your draft strategies. Mm-hmm. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I'd lean Nick Chubb, but it I'm not too confident with it. So yeah, it's like yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like uh Chubb is I think he's gonna be twenty-six uh next year. Uh so yeah. he's very quickly approaching the plateau. Um regardless of whatever he does with the second contract. Uh but then Diggs and Josh Allen are basically the same age or Diggs is the same age, 26 going on 27, basically. Uh, but because of his position, he's basically going to be around for like the next decade. Yeah. It's like a huge difference there. Yeah, and it's not, not even like just around for the next decade. It's He's going to be a wide receiver too, at least for the next decade. Man, Steph Diggs is a stud. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, let's move on and talk about some of your favorite uh, running backs to take like later in the draft, like in the mid to late rounds, because uh, since we're talking about the zero running back strategy, we might as well talk about running backs that you can actually take in the strategy that would be available to you. 
Uh, yeah. Um, the obvious one to me would be um, whichever running back is going to end up being the lead uh, in San Francisco, because that's a hugely valuable um, position. Um, but we don't really know exactly who is going to be the leader in that right now. Um, like, it should be um, Mostert. Mostert should have a, um, uh, what you call it? He should have the first crack in it. But if it's not Mostert, it's likely going to be Jeff Wilson. Both of them are fairly cheap. You can probably get Jeff Wilson for pennies in a trade or even just drafting him. He's then like round 15 plus. So you could get uh, a borderline RB1 for pennies. Just got to break it right. Yeah. I just, I, yeah, I know you have one more, but I just want to say I'm all in on Jeff Wilson Jr. They paid him. They paid him. I, I mean, it's a small contract, but they paid him for a year. Where Shanahan's money towards running back goes, I follow. Because, I mean, even if it's just a year, you, you said it. He's cheap. Dude, I, that guy could have 15 to 20 touches a game at, at during st certain stretches of the season in 2021. Yeah, give me Jeff Wilson Jr. Were you going to say one more, Sean? Oh, no, those were my two because uh, they were basically two. So, because it, it, if it's not one, it's going to be the other. So, yeah, they, you, you, you can reasonably snag both because it's yeah, like they you go get mustard in like yeah. uh, round eight or nine, and then you grab Jeff Wilson like round 12, 15, somewhere around there. And then you basically have the uh, position unlocked. So, yeah, and people are, if we're talking still startups, people are fading. Mostert and all the older running backs that don't have a secure first role. So Mostert even goes way late too. So yeah, keep keep a lookout for those guys. Should I go Garv? I'll, I'll chime in mine. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. All right. Um, so my one of my favorites is is Chase Edmonds. I really like the way that Chase Edmonds looked with what was pretty much the workhorse role in Arizona during certain, certain stretches, especially when Kenyon Drake wasn't there. He doesn't, Kenyon Drake doesn't have a job. They don't have anybody besides Eno Benjamin. And I just don't see them spending a lot of capital on a running back. Even if they do though, I mean, it's the same situation as, as in San Francisco, they're probably going to switch off a little bit. And Chase Edmonds, I mean, they've, they've trusted him with the rock. He's cheap. Get him in like, like same Jeff Wilson time. And, and I, I mean, I think by 2021, by the, by like the, after the draft and stuff, we could be looking at him rising in the ADP. So that's when I really like, he could mature as soon as the, the uh, end of the off season as a value. And then um, another one I like is Miles Gaskin. So if you're, if you're fading running backs and, and, people start scrambling for another position like wide receivers or quarterbacks in the later rounds. Gaskin will fall to you in a time where you might, you might not. I, I mean, it's, it's a risk. I, I'm not going to advocate to pick him in every situation you can get him, but if he falls to the later, like nine round, eighth, ninth round, snap him up for sure. Like if, if the league is unsure about him, that's worth grabbing. 
but the other one, I mean, is Salvin Ahmed. So just kind of in tandem with, with Gaskin, way cheaper. And dude, he did pretty much, I don't know, he did almost as well as Gaskin did. So who knows what's going to happen in Miami with the running back room. But this is what I like doing. Just increase your odds. Take, take what someone else's trash and make it your treasure if you can, because you got some extra spots for running backs if you're doing zero RB. Okay, so uh, moving on, my two favorite options with the zero running back strategy are to get A.J. Dillon and Ronald Jones between rounds five to seven, because both of them have an opportunity to go ahead and be their running back one on their team. And uh, like A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones might be gone next year. And then for Ronald Jones, uh, he gets another year of being potentially the running back one on his team. And We've seen what he can do with the as being the bell cow and getting 20 plus carries a game. He just absolutely killed it. So uh, there's still room for improvement and he could still get better. And then also uh, Ronald Jones is a free agent after the 2021 season. So in 2022, he gets to pretty much choose where he wants to go and be the lead running back there. So for me, AJ Dillon and him are both pretty solid long-term plays and you're getting them in rounds five to seven after you've got already a loaded roster. So you essentially might be getting two running back ones uh, really late in the draft and you've got an advantage everywhere else. Yeah, those are good ones. Uh, you, you have to take kind of a, a shot on those guys because th they go where, at, like where there are really good wide receivers and I, I don't know, you, you feel pretty good about both of the, both of those players, like taking that job. You big Rojo guy. Yeah, I'm big on both of them. And <laughs> if you've been following me, yeah, I've been very big on Ronald Jones. He's a huge Rojo guy. Yeah. Rojo's looked like a beast this season, man. He has looked like an absolute beast. What, what's going to happen with Fournette over there? So, I mean, he was only signed for one year, I'm pretty sure. So it's pretty much only this year. And everyone around him is set to be a free agent, like him. And then I'm pretty sure uh, – I'm forgetting the name. Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn? Yeah. Well, no, Keyshawn Vaughn won't be a free agent. But like, easy, yeah. Logan will be a free agent. And then, like, a couple of their punt returners that will get, like, one or two carries a game, they'll be gone. And – yeah, so I feel like Bruce Arians is going to lean more towards Ronald Jones this year. Yeah, that's a good one. I hope he does it again. It was fun to watch. Yeah. Also, to kind of uh, piggyback off of the Andrew Dillon uh, thing, uh, Jamal Williams is also a fantastic dart throw, just on the off chance that um, uh, Aaron Jones, again, doesn't resign in Green Bay. And if he doesn't resign in Green Bay, if there's a very realistic chance that he keeps his role um, as what he has currently uh, this past season, um, which isn't hugely valuable on its own, but he's still an RB1 if anything happens to Dylan. Plus, he has the opportunity to just be the workhorse outright. It's very likely that if they don't sign Jones, they're just going to re-sign him, although both of their contracts are up. 
And if um, Jamal Williams doesn't uh, go back to Green Bay, he can still be a fairly decent uh, role player elsewhere. And you're basically getting him for nothing. So uh, you're not really going to lose out on anything if he does uh, end up doing nothing, which seems unlikely given how productive he's been in spurts. But, you know, just like the Salvin Ahmed thing. Yeah. Uh, increase your chances. Take your shots. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I we were kind of all in this in the Google Doc making our adjustments. And I felt like we could have gone on and on with with the choices that are there. So it's not to say like, oh my, like I don't think any of us are are die hard about every single option we're saying, but like if you know that you're in a weak position at running back, know your weakness and take your shots later on at these guys that we're talking about. Like get your guy like Rojo and AJ Dillon and then figure it out later with another one I was going to say was Gus Edwards. You reminded me of that. Uh, Gus Edwards is it because Jamal Williams could be a free agent somewhere else or he could be in tandem on the Packers. And same with Gus Edwards. He could be, uh, I don't know, he could be on Buffalo. There's There's a lot of good locations uh, Miami he could even be there so we'll see but yeah there's a lot of good options if you do it yeah Gus Bus is uh very solid uh I assume that he's going to stay in Baltimore uh which again again like uh the Jamal Williams situation he's likely going to just keep his role there it might decrease slightly uh with Dobbins emerging is, uh, but he's, ever, is he ever going to exist who? Just yeah, exactly. Justice Hill. Oh uh, no, uh, he shows up on occasion as their uh, returner uh, and special teams. Uh, but beyond that, he just steals a touch here and there. But that's about it. Um, but uh, Edwards is uh, basically a decent shot for a touchdown each and every week. And again, if something happens to Dobbins, uh, he's a borderline RB1, just given the offense that he's in. And if he goes somewhere else, he could still do uh, fairly well just because he's a very good player. Yeah, so I actually really like Gus Edwards too, and he's one of my favorite like later on options. And even if he does stay in Baltimore, I do think that he'll probably get around seven to ten touches, which in Baltimore system is very useful. Like, he could give you a solid 10-point floor, and you're getting him in, like, around 20, I'm guessing. And the other thing for me, in uh, formats that I go zero running back, it's normally a format where I can have, like, 30 bench players or something like that. So uh, I'll take all the shots at the running back, like, way late in the draft, like a Gus Edwards or, like, a Tony Jones Jr. or a J.J. Taylor. All of these guys just have some – potential upside to become even like if they get you like eight to ten points they're giving you a return on their investment because you just take them so late yeah wait i you i saw that on the sheet you said tony jones jr right yeah i you i i haven't seen a player i didn't hear of in a long time who 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 is tony jones jr he's a He was an undrafted running back for the Saints this year. And, yeah, I just like looking deep in and, like, 
Tony Jones Jr., you get him in like the 36 to 40 round in a dynasty startup. And sometimes he's not even drafted. Like, Let's be honest. You can pick him up in round 100. Let's just be clear here. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he's owned in probably most of my dynasty leagues that I'm in. But I mean, yeah. you think he's he's worth he's worth a shot if you have this space for him. Well, yeah, but like for me, my leagues are normally like huge benches. Like Sean's in a couple of mine, and oh, there's yeah. only like forty bench slots or something uh, like. That. Forty might be underselling it a bit, but yeah, uh, it, it it's up there. there. There's a lot of space that you need to fill with random guys who you just kind of have to hope will have a role. <laughs> to just do something and there's no waiver wire yeah yeah oh not not one at all like you can't pick up anyone or you mean there's oh no you can pick up people there's just nobody out there that's probably still have michael vick on their team Uh, (laughs) Uh, there are a few situations where we've had uh alex smith still on the team uh that worked out actually worked Oh, wait, no, not Alex Smith, Andrew Locke, uh, the other A name. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so but, yeah. I'm definitely more confident in J.J. Taylor than Tony Jones. Like, Tony... I hope so. Uh, like, a very low-end dart throw. Mm-hmm. Like, I would not recommend it unless you're in a league like me with, like, 40 bench and, like, 13, 14 starters. So only in those leagues I'd recommend taking... If like, your startup like, draft isn't 80 players long... You don't need to draft Tony Jones. Well, let's okay. Let's make this actionable then. So, because I still think I still think that this was that's awesome that you figured out someone like that. I mean, Raheem Mostert was that guy until he was yeah. a starting running back. So, uh, what was your process? How what what alerted you to Tony Jones' potential, whatever it may be? So. Uh... In his final year, in his in his final collegiate year, I'm pretty sure he had like uh, a thousand yard season, and uh, it was in like 120 touches, and he was averaging like seven or eight yards per carry, and he gets to sit behind Alvin Kamara and learn from him. So uh, that's just like one shot that I take. Another guy that I've take uh, taken a shot on earlier this year was Artavis Pierce. And I still do take a shot on him because Waiting I think that that he could be a decent change of pace guy in the future. He could take over the Tree Cohen role because yeah, I think uh, Cohen's a uh, free agent now. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I know my bear. That one I recognize. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, that those are two other names that you can target in uh, late round. Uh, Artavis Pierce can take over the Tree Cohen role, and Tree Cohen might still retain the Tariq Cohen role, or he might uh, take it somewhere else. He's yeah, a, think, a very useful so. running back. Yeah. Oh, you guys uh, his skill set is highly coveted, so sorry I keep interrupting you. Uh, uh, Tariq Cohen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Tariq Cohen's good. He's he's getting lost in ADP right now. Guys who are, oh, yeah. are, are are being faded. I wanted to ask you guys this. If we're still talking, are we still on, on zero RB here, Garf? Yeah, it's just like more players. Like I'm pretty sure there's still a couple more options you guys have. Like, well, I wanted. To well, we can basically name anyone. Okay. I'm because I'm like, 
I, like I said, I'm in the startups, right? I'm in the, I'm in the weeds right now, guys. All right. So get in the thick of it. Yeah. But, but options have come up that are like, okay. James Conner is going in the same frame of some of these players that we're talking about. Like I, I have, I think I might have made the choice to pick Chase Edmonds over James Conner once. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That sounds a little a little off to me, but it's close. I mean, those guys are going in the same couple rounds. Like, yeah, like yeah. in one of the drafts that I did earlier this week, uh, I got James Conner in round eighteen. I'm pretty sure, and I got David Johnson in like round uh, seventeen or sixteen, somewhere around that. And it was just so late that the value was just like so good. Like, I got them as potentially my running back too because I went like completely zero running back there and I got like uh Justin Herbert early on with like Dak Prescott and then I went with a couple wide receivers like AJ Brown and uh just a couple other guys and I just ended up not being able to get as many uh running backs early on so I just kept waiting and waiting and I saw James Conner and David Johnson just falling and falling so it was like a no-brainer to take him that late. Yes, yeah. that's what I was going to ask is, is it, is it a no-brainer? Because I was sitting there, I, I mean, I'm telling you, that was a decision I almost made. I don't think I did pick pick Edmonds over Connor. But I like, hope not. It was like Kenyon Drake, Melvin Gordon, and James Connor were just sitting there for like Ooh. a couple rounds. Just I would have taken Melvin Gordon, Gordon, man. I, I ended up taking Melvin Gordon in one of them. He's a great – Very solid. Yeah, yeah, that that's another guy to target because uh, you should have uh, decent efficiency and workload and whatnot. Yeah, uh, as uh, the Broncos' offense hopefully improves. Who's the quarterback there? Uh, Lock. No, I mean who will be? <laughs> uh, probably still Lock. So? Let's be honest here. And yeah. then there is potential that they do make a trade, but more than likely, it's gonna be Lock. And then uh, we're getting closer to finishing it. And so another two like really late running backs that I'm okay taking a shot on are Mark Ingram and Mike Boone. And they're earlier than the guys I said earlier, like Tony yeah. Jones and Every- James Pierce of the world. <laughs> Michael Vick and Andrew Luck are earlier than the guys that you said earlier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, – I think that Mark Ingram could actually get a shot somewhere else through like free agency uh, could end up being like the running back two on some team and maybe give you like a running back three production weekly and you're getting him like around 25 ish and Mike Boone is another good flyer in my opinion because he was a pretty good running back in the glimpses that we got to see of him it was just that he was behind both Madison and Dalvin Cook, so he didn't get much opportunity. Yeah. Uh, Ingram could go back to, like, uh, New Orleans and uh, retake the role that he had there, so that'd be incredibly interesting if uh, something like that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's done. I, I thought personally he was he was done. But oh, he yeah. Far more, far more likely he's done, but it is still possible that he goes somewhere and has a potential role, which at, at that price point, you're basically drafting uh, either uh, 
Mark Ingram, who could have uh, a role in New Orleans like he did, or you're drafting a player you don't even know the name of. <laughs> so it's give and take. Yeah. So. Yeah. And you're not like, I mean, I always, I have to remind myself this because I, you know, if you start to go on full tilt when you look at a team full of wide receivers and quarterbacks and you don't have a running back, it's a little scary. But it's like being deep at one position, it gives you a lot of it, it gives you a lot of flexibility. So, I mean, I love the running back rental model just to go on, uh, like, uh, add, uh, in addition to this, it's like, I, I saw people win leagues going to buy Melvin Gordon and Kenyon Drake last year, like probably with Melvin Gordon, because Kenyon Drake wasn't all that good, but either yeah. way, I'm, there was, there's ways to do that and it's pretty cheap and you don't have to sacrifice your like all-star, you know, five-year dynasty assets and your wide receivers and quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the other thing with zero running back is that you can just, uh, get take a bunch of shots on running backs way later and that gives you the option to just stream through your running backs because if you're getting like 10 points from your two running back slots in a start 13 league you're still okay or in a start 12 league so in uh for the zero running back i'd like i said i prefer going zero running back in leagues with larger rosters where I start more players and have a couple of weird rules where you can essentially capitalize on the value of other positions. So uh, yeah, that's one of my final thoughts. Do you guys have any final thoughts? Uh, not a thing. Mine, mine would be this is if you're drafting right now i i, I mean i i get going for what's what's the recency bias like i i understand why you want to have a guy like alvin kamara on team but and it's kind of a bad example but either way that we know for at least a few years have a franchise quarterback have the ability to score big time points. You don't get that security with a lot of these running backs. So if you find yourself in that scenario, don't panic, just draft for value, add the guys, because people are going to remember later that they need long-term dynasty wide receivers and you'll be able to get cheap running backs that might be falling off soon. So that's my final thought. Yeah, so another thing I'd like to add is that uh, essentially if you do go zero running back, you want to make sure that you're taking the elite players. Like you want an elite wide receiver or an elite quarterback or an elite tight end early on because you don't want to end up going off, uh, starting off a zero running back and have like a bunch of relatively safe wide receivers that never have the potential to be a top five wide receiver. And if you do end up taking a bunch of shots on those guys, you're going to miss out on the elite running backs and then you might be in trouble. So you want to have the players that have the shot to be top five at their position or at tight end, you want people to be uh, having a shot at the top three. And 
Thank you all for tuning in. And don't forget to subscribe to the show if you've listened to it. And follow uh, the show on Twitter at Dino Dynamite FF. And follow at FF Big Willie on Twitter and at FF Insight on Twitter. And then if you if you guys would be interested, you can find Sean in the Discord that will be posted in the description. So thank you all for tuning in. Thank <laughs> you.